It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at Three Point Pod. The fellows will get enrolling right after this from our partners. Memorial Healthcare's Monday Walk-In Sports Injury Clinic has returned with a start of fall sports season, 9 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. every Monday through October 17th. Athletes will be seen on a walk-in basis every Monday from 9 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. at Memorial Healthcare Center for Orthopedics, located in the now building's second floor, Suite 200, on North Shiawassee Street in Owasso. X-rays can be done for immediate review and upon insurance authorization, patients can be scheduled for an MRI, CT scan, or any other further imaging needs. For more info, call Memorial Healthcare Center for Orthopedics at 989-541-BONE. That's 989-541-2663 or online at memorialhealthcare.org. Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of three Point Podcast, located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Welcome to episode 237 of Three Point Podcast. We're partnered with Sky Mint Cannabis, Michigan's undisputed leader in the industry, many locations throughout the state of Michigan. The Corona store, you can use that coupon code 3.20. Now get you 20% off Sky Mint products only and new customers only. And we've had some of our friends and acquaintances do just that. They're supporting the podcast. We can't encourage you any more than that. You know, it helps us out, helps them out. Everybody wins. And uh, by the way, if you're a customer at another dispensary, make the switch. Also, if you're 21 and a cannabis user, check out the new Sky Mint Reserve featuring exceptional profiles, including special strains like Singapore Sling and Lemon 18. Like they say, it's the good stuff. And I saw the Who at Little Caesars last week. And man, they really sounded good, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Probably could smell it all up and down that uh, that arena. Somehow people find a way to get it into those concerts. I remember oh, yeah. Dave Matthews' band. It was uh, at Van Andel at Grand Rapids Indoor Arena. Big old cloud of smoke somehow at the top, even though it was not allowed. And it's all you could smell. So that's a, that's a great uh, concert going thing. Yeah. To an extent, they may as well just sell it at the venue. Yeah. Like, <laughs> don't act like you're not allowing it in. Just, you know, sell right. it. I will tell you, though, it wasn't as bad uh, there as it was at the Chi-Town uh, show at Country Fest oh. up in Franklin. Man, that place was a haze of smoke <laughs> when we walked out of there. It was incredible. Thought, you know, I thought, you also... were back, uh, thought you were back at Cobo Arena or something. Exactly. Right? Back in the 60s. Kiss, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're also partnered with our good friends at Memorial Healthcare, home of the walk-in sports injury clinic, now open every Monday until mid-October. And at that now Community Wellness Center, you know, cold weather's upon us. 
get healthy, get a membership at the Wellness Center. It's really reasonable. And, you know, it's all about staying healthy. They, they, I can't say it enough that it all starts with your health. You got to stay healthy if you want to have a good, productive life. So that is a, a promotional announcement by Ted, the old guy. Also, I want to thank our local partners, AZ Printing Solutions, Capital Sports Fieldhouse, Crow Real Estate and Auction, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, and Success Group Mortgage and Service. We're going to have a jam-packed podcast. Our prep spotlight, we have high school playoff guru, Mr. Snooze to you, or as he likes to be called, Snooze. We're going to get some definitely, uh, definitely good tips on our area playoff teams, how he got started. The guy is uncanny at the end of the regular season where he puts teams. I think he, I don't know what his rate is. Jared, maybe you know more than I, I do. Uh, he's at I least 95%. Yeah, I was going to say, I, the number I've always heard is like 99. I remember um, my senior year, the only team he got wrong was Corona. It's funny as that sounds. That's funny, yeah. yeah. So he's, he's basically like Joe Lenardi. Is- yeah. Exactly, and That's it's pretty Michigan cool. High school football. We'll see how much background we can get. He's a little bit uh, quiet as far as his background. He wants to stay anonymous, and this is going to be kind of a fun little interview, I think. And we'll have him coming up next. And also stay tuned because after that, we've got uh, football to talk about. We're recording on Sunday evening. The pitiful Lions, I don't know where we're going to go with that conversation. <laughs> Michigan State, just what we've been talking about. Michigan gets a win and drops in the AP poll. So we'll talk yeah. about all that stuff and a lot more. Tedertainment tonight, too, coming up at the end. So good show coming up. Snooze to you coming up next, right after these important messages. Looking to buy items online? Go to CRAuctions.com. All you need to do is download the app to your phone or computer and start buying and selling today. CRAuctions.com will market your items all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy something, we can help with that too. Just go to CRAuctions.com. Search our inventory and place your bid. Plus, there are online auctions for farm machinery, firearms, automobiles, and truckloads of overstocked items. It's fast, it's easy, and you will get results. Get the app and check out CRAuctions.com today. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. Well, it's time for the Prep Spotlight presented by Capital Sports Fieldhouse. We got a special guest. This guy is uncanny with where he puts the playoff teams every single season. His site is Snooze to You. And joining us tonight, Snooze. Snooze, welcome to the podcast. And, uh, you know, first of all, you're pretty busy every week, right? I'm busy every week, uh, this time of year, especially um, as it gets to weeks. Seven, eight, nine, definitely busy. Um, personally, I'm selling my house and buying a condo as well, and it's busy at work. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, things are busy, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Awesome. Well, yeah, as Ted mentioned, if anyone out there hasn't followed you and, and if they like high school football as much as the four of us, you are a definite follow on, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So, at snooze, the number two, you, snooze to you. Uh, if, if you like Michigan high school football, you, I think you are a definite follow. And I, so I want to ask, where did this all come from? I know you enjoy high school football, but where did 
you just interested in covering the, the sport, predicting the playoffs? You know, where did you get your your start doing this? Uh, well, I grew up. I never put on pads myself. I <laughs> I grew up. I went to a school that didn't have football until long after I graduated. Um, so the, the passion for high school football actually came uh, when I moved to East Grand Rapids and for good reason. I mean, they were dominant yes, for so many right. years. Um, I moved there during the Barcheski era and then through the Peter Sturzma era. And it was just yeah. awesome. My, my oldest two daughters went through that system and they got to play in the band for the state finals and all that. And it was right. cool. Um, how I got into the mapatology, I really just kind of stumbled on it years ago. I'm sure Ted knows about the uh, the football forums on M Live. You know, oh yeah, people would uh, chat not always so kindly about their football <laughs> yeah. teams, and it's entertaining. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, people were complaining about why. Yeah, it was uh, 2006, I believe. Um, Coopersville played Zeeland West in the Division Four Championship, and those are two teams over on my side of the yeah. state, um, west of Grand Rapids. Um, and I, I just didn't understand how those two could be paired in the finals. If you know, if you're if you're making the pairings geographically, that right. doesn't make sense, right? Because um, in general, it was a Detroit team against a team from somewhere else. Um, but I literally just drew the map of Michigan on a piece of paper and, and plotted the points with a pencil. And, um, you know, it, it, every map has to have a dividing line where the left side of the bracket versus the east right. side of the bracket goes. And that particular one, the, the, the Mason-Dixon line, if you will, just happened yeah. to cut right through those two little towns. And uh, so I posted that on the MLive uh, football forums. Uh, I just made my little website. Um, the, the name is a play off of my high school basketball nickname. Uh, <laughs> I didn't think anything would come right. of it. Um, I actually own the rights to mapatology.com, but Snooze to You has kind of caught on. So I'm just, just sticking with it. So when did it kind of, was it like the very first year you did it, did a lot of the high school teams and coaches at that time sort of see your predictions and just started following it and it just slowly built? Or was there a, like a media member who shouted you out or what was, how did it get so big? I honestly don't know how it got <laughs> so big. Um, right. And I don't know really when I started predicting um, as yeah. opposed to just presenting what the MHSAA came up with. I, I think I did start making predictions uh, in 07, but I have no documented proof and I have yeah. no no files or anything left from that. Um, I, I, I don't... Well, you guys are from the other side of the state, but um, years ago, there was a, a writer for the Grand Rapids Press, Jane Boss, and uh, she she really promoted high school sports. I happened to graduate from high school with her, and in fact, her father was my basketball coach, and he's the one that named me Snooze, so <laughs> we, we had that little relationship, but um, I think she may have publicized the website early on. Yeah. Um, I'm honestly not sure, um, but it just kind of snowballed. I didn't, I didn't plan on um, having coaches, you know, have have my site be the go-to to to see where they're going to end up. But it just it just kind of morphed into that. I've always been into uh, geeky things. I used to yeah. 
you know, make up tournaments on my own because I, I grew up, <laughs> my siblings were all much older. I was kind of an only child and uh, I, uh, I would construct brackets just for the fun of constructing yeah. brackets. So it's, it's right up my alley there. No, I, I, I get that. I, I, you know, whenever I'd have like a youth uh, game, you know, with my buddies in the backyard or whatever, I'd be the one, you know, drawing up the brackets. So I right. get it. Uh, what goes into like, what all are you looking at when you're coming up with these predictions? It's obviously geography, uh, you know, they have the points, Point. but what, 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 what might not, what might I not understand about what goes into kind of setting these district, uh, brackets and everything? Well, the, the last two or three years, it's become much more simple, um, with the predetermined, um, divisions. Um, previous to that, there was actually some statistical analysis as far as how many class A, class B, class C, class D schools to take each week right. um, to make it uh, mimic um, how the divisions would uh, play out. Because there were there were teams that just didn't know, I'm not going to be division two or division three, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And um, that was when I think my website was most useful, honestly, for yeah. coaches. Um, but now to answer your question, um, now the MHSAA has a page on their website. It lists, lists every school in every division and you can sort them by, um, by playoff points. And that's how the, how the teams are picked right now. So anybody can grab the 32 teams for, for each division as I do now. Um, but as far as um, placing them on the map, I've written my own software. Um, I, I thought about putting the, uh, making an app out of it. Right. Um, of course, that would take time. And <laughs> at the moment, I don't have time. I do have time in the off season, but I never really think about doing it then. Um, but uh, yeah, I have my own little proprietary software to uh, it it plots all the pins on the map and they're all solid colors. I don't have any names of teams or anything like that. So anyone that claims I'm, you know, biased against their team, I got news for you. I don't care about your team. There's like five teams in the state that I care about. I'm not trying to screw over your team. I'm doing this geographically. So, um, I, you know, I come up with a, a rough draft and then I just kind of refine it. I can move teams around and whatnot. Um, one thing I do that I don't think the MHSAA does is once the teams are in place, it shows me what the seedings would be um, if in that configuration. And if if there's a situation where a, a one seed and a four seed are really far apart and the two and three are really far apart, and if I can just move one team and make it much less travel, I'll do that. Mm -hmm. um, I, like I said, I don't think MHSA does that, but um, I don't feel like I'm cheating doing that. Right. Um, but it's entirely geographical. Um, I I don't care that that your district has three of the top five, um, you know, teams in it. Um, well, I shouldn't say it. it's not that I don't care. It's that right. uh, I'm, I'm playing by the rules that MHSA yes. plays right. by. So um, if I want this to be realistic, then that's what I have to do. So I don't, I, you know, people can cry to me that they have to play the same team every year in round one. You know, not my problem. I miss some of the teams I root for have that same situation. So <laughs> that's yeah, I got a couple, a two part question for you, Snooze. Um, mm -hmm. Number one, 
What's the best percentage you've had after uh, week nine, you know, setting the playoffs hour? Do you, do you have a percentage like 95% accurate? And number two, has the MHSA ever reached out to you to be part of their war room when they put the tournament together? Uh, part one is easy. I don't keep track. Okay. Um, <laughs> and, and that's one of the questions I get asked most. Yeah. Uh, I know that uh, in the past, others have kept track. Um, mm -hmm. I, I really, I, it doesn't bother me if I'm not hundred percent. I don't, uh, what does bother me if I feel like the MHSAA did something stupid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, a lot of times their maps differ from mine, but it's a, it's a legitimate, you know, if you, if you send this team West, then all the dominoes mm -hmm. fall. Right. And if you send them East and it's an equal choice, you know, I don't mind um, if I differ from theirs. Um, they haven't asked me to be part of the war room. I, um, I, if anyone from MHSAA is listening to this, and why wouldn't they? Um, of course. I, I, it's an open. Um, I, I volunteer to be right. on any committee to do such things. Um, I, I've offered, um, and it, you know, I'm kind of joking, but I really would do it if they right. asked. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I really, I have a very good relationship with MHSAA. Um, they, uh, for years, they appreciated uh, all the answers that I gave to questions that they got repeatedly about, you know, why is, why is my team ranked in Division Seven, but you're, you're they're Division Six on your maps and whatever um that's because the divisions weren't set back then right um and you know why is uh now the questions are you know why is this uh three and or well let's go to the end of the season why is this four and five team in and my five and four team is not in right. um, those are the kind of questions now that i answer that they don't have to answer um furthermore um i kind of act as a uh, quality assurance for their website because mm -hmm. I, I put it to the test a lot, especially yeah. uh, especially before the season begins. I make sure that all the team names are correct. And by correct, I mean that the uh, school names either haven't changed, which they often did in the past, or if they did change, that it was an intentional change. Uh, a lot of times just the, an HS would, would show up after a team's uh, name, you know, such and such high school or whatever. Yeah. Please get rid of that HS because it's messing up my whole database, you know. Right. Um, but I also I keep track of, uh, you know, when they're missing a, an out-of-state team, I hunt down a lot of scores for them. Um, just, you know, things behind the scene. And yeah. I'm not complaining by any means. I'm rewarded by the basically a free access to everywhere in Ford Field on Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, nice. I just absolutely eat that up. So yeah, yeah, that's it, it, such a cool tradition. Thanksgiving weekend, just you know, you lock into Bally Sports Detroit, right, Jared, and you just watch right. all those games, and it is really good. It's much better to be there. Much better to be at Ford Field. But my my last question for you, Snooze, is um, like you mentioned, we're from. The other side of the state, you know, we're in the middle of the state, Corona Division Five this year. Um, they're looking pretty good. They're sitting, they've, they've got one loss, but they're looking like they're poised to maybe make a little noise in the postseason. What are you slating 
currently. I know it's going to change, but uh, for Corona in D5. Well, hot off the presses. Um, I just yeah. put out my uh, my week seven mapatology, which is what I call my playoff projections. And uh, your Cavaliers are in an interesting place uh, geographically in that uh, last week, I believe I had them going east in the on the right side of the bracket. Yep, Frank and um, And now they're they're in the left side of the bracket and it happens to be east and west, but it always doesn't work out that way. Um, but, you know, I, as far as the, you know, the power of the district and all that kind of stuff, I can't, I can't tell you guys that because you know, um, but as far as um, where I think they're going to end up, I don't know. It really depends right. on the 32 teams that are in division five. And um, well, you can tell us where you got them right now. Right. Exactly. If this is the 32 teams, yep. Um, you know, Corona is the the one team that that maybe kind of sticks out on that map. Um, it, it seems to kind of not belong on the left side, <laughs> uh, but that happens. I somebody pointed yeah. out just just a few minutes ago in in Division Two and Division Four, two of their teams. Um, it was the same thing. I think it was Dexter and Chelsea kind of got pulled over to the other side of the state. And it's it's just a numbers game. I need 16 on the left and 16 on the right. And, you know, when you live in the center of the state like you guys do, uh, you could get pulled north, yeah. south, east or west. Yeah. And that's a, that's a, I'd like to touch on that, too. A lot of people look at their little area and they say this is this is silly. There's there's three other teams within five miles of us. Why isn't that our district? Well, what I tell them is try to map out the whole how that would affect right. the whole rest of the state, and you very quickly run out of teams. So, snooze. We got to reel you in. Where do you got Corona? Who are the other three teams you got tonight? What do you got oh, there tonight? I have Corona as a one seed hosting Olivet. Okay, and the two and three is uh, Williamston at Portland. Right. Ah, not that's pretty close to what yeah. you had a couple weeks ago. That that's what had me curious. Yeah, in fact, I think I've had had you more along these lines than last week. I think last week was the outlier. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, last week you had them. Uh, you had Corona, you know, uh, in the Frankenmuth uh, district. That's so that whole side of things. So I think right. if you're a Corona fan, I honestly I hate to say it, neither neither district seems to be a good draw. <laughs> you either got to go against Frankenmuth and Swan Valley's a tough team, or you have. We know how tough Portland and Williamson usually are in the Lansing area. So it's not good, I would yeah. say, for Corona fans. I'd prefer I to see them go that you, way. I was going to ask you, what would you prefer, Portland or, or uh, Frankenmuth? <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty right. tough. It's, it's tough either way you go, honestly, <laughs> if I'm being honest. I have uh, one final question for me for you, Snooze. Uh, mm -hmm. You know this system better than anybody. We've seen that they finally made a couple changes uh, You know, in the past couple years that we've been kind of waiting to see. Uh, like you said, setting the divisions before the season, and then now it's not all about winning six games. Is there anything you would change about how the MHSAA decides the playoff points and how they uh, do their whole playoff system in general? Is there anything glaring that you would really want to change? I don't think there's anything glaring. I think it's a huge improvement over what it used to be. Um, frankly, there were teams that made the playoffs at six and three that had no business being in the playoffs. Um, they would purposely scheduled cupcakes or maybe that's just the hand they're dealt um right. i don't know but i think that the current system um, does a better job of getting the best 32 teams in each division 
Having said that, um, when they first announced the formula, um, I knew a whole lot of, but more about it then than I do right. now. So I don't remember the particulars, but I believe I would tweak um, just a little bit of the values that you're given um, for losing to a team. And um, I, I don't remember the particular particulars of that, but I, I played around with it a little bit a couple of years ago and I thought, oh, if they just change this one little thing, it would it would be slightly better. But I really do think it's a, a pretty good system. Are you talking about because teams will schedule like a higher division team just because they know if they lose to them, they're still getting a good amount of points. That's kind of what you're talking about, right? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah, um, that's, and I, that's not really that's not how you should schedule. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but on the other side of the coin, they were get, they were scheduling weak teams to get six wins. Right. You know, and that's no good either. Yeah. Exactly. And and still you can schedule a, a week a weaker division one school and, and get a lot of points for beating them, even if they don't beat right. other teams. Um, but I, I know that there's a lot of talk and I heard it on the field this past Friday about there's momentum for having an all in playoff, you know, um, mm. having an eight game season and then just everybody gets in starting in week wow. nine. Um, I'm not in favor of that for several. Well, it would put me out of business because <laughs> they would they would prearrange the districts, which you know nobody needs me for that, right? Right. And uh, but apart from that, I just don't think that uh, right now slightly over half the teams get in, and if if you add another week, that first week of playoffs is just going to be you know Blowout. seventy to nothing. It, right. Half the games are just going to be blowouts and. Uh, I'm not in favor of that. Absolutely. If they wanted to do something where, uh, you know, teams that don't make the playoffs can all pair up and play one more game or something, cool. I'm 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 okay with that. But I, I'm gonna add more teams to the field. Do you, I have one more actually question now that now that you got me thinking on it? An idea I've kind of thrown around, and this is what the MHSA used to be. You know, the four divisions. I still think basketball has it right with four divisions. I think that that's the true mark of a championship team. You know, that really means the final four means something when you get to the Breslin center. I sometimes feel like with this eight division uh, playoff system currently that I feel like there's maybe some years and there's some divisions every year where I feel like a champion's not really deserving or a team that makes it to Ford field ends up being a blowout. Would you shorten the divisions at all? Or do you think eight is the right number? I think each year we're creeping closer to eight being too many and maybe, yeah. maybe we're already there. I wouldn't go down to four. Um, I could see definitely going down to seven, maybe six. Yeah. Um, four. I, I, I understand your basketball argument, but um, I, I would throw back at you that in, in basketball, one or two really good players can make a huge difference. Right. Whereas football you need 11 guys on both sides, well, a lot of two-way players, of course, but you need a, a lot more kids. And I think that enrollment is more important um, in football than in basketball. Mm -hmm. yeah. so I, I think that would be my argument for more than. Yeah, realistically, we have 10 classes when you go to the two in division eight or eight man football, rather. Um, I got one final question for you. I don't even know if anybody has this answer. You know, you're one of the you're one of the top prep guys in the state. We love what you do. Everybody goes to what to your site to check things out. And then there's another guy. I have no clue who he is. I have no idea. But as much time as he puts in it, into it, the Michigan High School Football site, which has every yeah. school 
every score, all kinds of historical data. Do you happen to know who that dude is? I, I know his name. I, I it doesn't rattle off my tongue. No, that's I fine. Right. I know it's a guy in Kalamazoo, and it's basically just a database of all the games since 1950. It's incredible. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good resource. And he keeps it up to date every week. I mean, it's amazing. Yes. It's amazing. That's it's got to take some time, just like what you do. Well, snooze. You know, it's been a pleasure having you on here with us. Uh, catching up on what's going on in high school football, our prep spotlight. It's been great. Tell our listeners, you know, the best spot to follow what you got going on. Well, you mentioned my Twitter account. That's where I'm most active. It's snooze, the number two, and then Y-O-U. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the uh, same handle on Instagram. I'm actually, um, I'm, I'm tweeting less on Friday nights. I used to tr- uh, try to retweet every score in the state. Um, I'm, I'm getting old and I, I, now I just like to follow my one team. So, um, I, I take a lot of video and I post that on, um, Instagram. So it's, it's the same handle on Instagram S N O O Z E the number two Y O U. Um, I, I make an appearance on Facebook every now and then, but frankly, I don't like it, but (laughs) again, same, same thing. I think I'm snooze to you there as well. Awesome. awesome. Well, we appreciate the time. Good stuff. I appreciate you guys having me. I love your yeah. podcast and go Corona. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Capital Sports Field House is the home of hit and pitch and a whole lot more. The 10,000 square foot turf field can be used for all indoor sports training, including football, baseball, basketball, softball, soccer, and many other activities. Hit and pitch has seven indoor batting cages with full pitching tunnel and the state of the art hit tracks training system utilized by MLB organizations. Located in the old Capital Bowl J.C. Penny block on South Washington in Owasso, Michigan. For more details, call Capital Sports and Hit and Pitch at 989-472-4624 or online at capitalsportsfh.com. Okay, guys, I mean, uh, Mr. Snooze there, or Snooze, if you will. That was that was a lot of fun. And uh, but we got to get back to reality now. We are recording Sunday. The Detroit Lions. I I thought they were past the hump for these pitiful games, but my goodness, pitiful performance, pitiful effort, and pitiful coaching. I don't know what else you guys got to add. I think it's all of those. The the effort. I know there was that scary injury. You know, right. at the beginning of the game, really odd uh, injury, but. You know, it might have taken some wind out of their sails, maybe, but it's the effort. And, you know, you don't want to be that guy that questions professional football players effort. We're not the ones out there running around getting tackled or, you know, doing all that stuff. But when you watch the game, the Patriots aren't that good. You know, like they they made the Patriots look like they were back in like the Tom Brady era or something. And the coaching decisions, I mean, what they end up 0 for 6, 0 for 7 on fourth down. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we fans, you know, you love it. Go for it on fourth down. This is exciting. But there's definitely times you shouldn't do it. And us as fans, we've watched football a lot. We know those times. I'm starting to, I don't want to, you know, what, sit five games in. I don't want to punt on Dan Campbell after we were so excited after in the offseason. But I don't know, man. I He's starting to show, like, is he ever going to get it? You know, that, that's yeah, my question. It, I mean, the, the fourth down thing, it, the, the one glaring one to me was, and, and I'll be honest, before this game, and this is an argument I had with my dad, you know, a couple years ago, back when I was still at the homestead. Uh, I always loved watching Red Zone. 
he's always been, you know, a staunch, you know, kind of cut from Ted's cloth, that generation where he's just lions around on Sundays. I'm watching them. I don't care if they're 0 15. Yeah. We're watching them. Right. Uh, I was already at this point, man. And this whole year was finally when I finally swung back the pendulum to I'm all on lions. I watch lions at one o'clock, one to four twenty five. Before this game even started, I didn't even debate it. I was red zone only. I, I'm already <laughs> at that point. That was before the game even started. So <laughs> wouldn't you know, at first play I see on red zone, it's fourth and nine, uh, like a 52-yard field goal, I believe it would have been. Jared Goff spins out, which is maybe the most unathletic-looking move you've ever seen with your own two eyes. And Matt Judon, GVSU product, strip sack, and there's a ball game right now. At that point, it was 6-0 with New England with Bailey Zappi at quarterback. Right. I don't know what the decision was. That just shows maybe this defense is really that bad. I mean, at one point this year, they went 17 straight possessions without having the other team punt against guys like Geno Smith and Zappi. Right. Um, so it's just, was was is it really just this defense is that bad that Matt Campbell said, I'm not going to pin these guys deep in a game that could be like a 12-9 to type game? He basically leveraged the entire game on that play. And wouldn't you know it, strip sack, fumble, return all the way for a touchdown. And that was basically all she wrote. Uh, yeah, the team just looked uninspired. I, I, it's it's depressing because you always thought that was the thing that this team was always going to be able to hang their hat on with Campbell at the helm is that they're the always going hard. But maybe yeah. they're just that bad where it's like, man, now that the momentum is all out of the, their sails. Last week after Seattle, the heartbreaker against the Vikings, maybe they really are just kind of done. We knew how important it was. Heading into the season, those first four weeks to at least be two and two, most likely we would have wished to have been three and one. Uh, but now that the, all the wins out of their sails and they're just depleted with injury, I, this is a like last place team, literally probably a last place team in the NFL. Yeah, you're you're right. I mean, there's nothing you've said that I don't disagree with. I mean, uh, and I agree with you too, man. I don't. I'm not going to jump completely off the Campbell bandwagon, but I'm telling you what, it's very fair to question what the hell this guy is thinking on the sidelines. I mean, not only the fourth and nine, which is, you just don't do that in the NFL in that situation. You got to kick it. You got to kick it. Especially because earlier, I mean, who knows? I don't even know who they signed as their kicker. I don't Who was their place kicker today? I don't even know. They've been cycling through guys, but like earlier this week, I saw Bill Belichick even said that their punter, Jack Fox, what he's like the best in the league he said like he's such a weapon and stuff so it's like like you said jared it was only six zero at that time the defense was playing okay yeah so it's like if you've got this weapon as a punter try and pin him deep it's the same thing against the vikings a couple weeks ago like 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 you said why are you jared goff it's not like you have lamar jackson where if he needs a scramble he might need might be able to do it fourth and nine for midfield when your o-line is already looking like the Patriots defensive line is, you know, taking care of them. It was just stupid. I, I don't understand it. You know, like I, when you're playing Madden, you go for it on fourth down like every time. And it's like, it seems like that's what Campbell's doing. He's just trying to like play that, that tough guy. I'm like, not your typical head coach. I'm going to go for it on fourth down all the time and all that stuff. And it's just like, you're almost like watching it. I think we said it probably before the season or, you know, a week or two in if they start off like this, one and four, one and five, one and six, something like that, how long will it take him to lose the team? Uh, you know, everyone during hard knocks is all rah, rah. We love this guy, you know, biting kneecaps, you know, let's go knocking heads. They suck. I mean, they're, they're terrible. So like, how long is it going to take for those players to be like, 
this head coach doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, uh, you wonder today. if it's already happened. I mean, yeah, yeah. today's the day. <laughs> it's, it's. I don't know if it's him. I think that the scapegoat of this is probably going to be Aaron Glenn. I mean, does he yeah. survive like the next three weeks? Let's say they lose the next three games. I think he's probably the first uh, domino to fall, whether that's right or not. I don't know. Right. I was impressed with him on hard knocks, but it's like, how do you look at this defense? I mean, look at these points they've given up, 38, 27, 28, 48, 29. <laughs> I mean, dear. It God. doesn't help when like five of your defensive backs have gotten hurt, but yeah. he, I no. I agree with you. <laughs> I think, in fairness, I mean, it is tough. I mean, what are they going to gain if they can him right now during this right. part of the season? Ride it out, you know. Try to right the ship. I mean, the guy obviously seems to be a good guy. The players like him. Let's look at the the facts, guys. This team's not very good, and yep. they and we talked about it before it began. It's like a lot of NFL teams. They didn't have any depth. I mean, how many more defensive backs are they going to go through? You know, they were they were shit to begin with, you know, right. for the most part. Okuda went back to being crap today, it seemed yeah. like. I mean, it, it was an uninspiring defensive performance. You know, they gave up, what, 29? Uh, the top offense in the league, what the hell happened there? Again, I forgot what they nothing. were doing. Yep. Didn't know what they were doing. Uh, coaching, I mean, obviously, fourth and nine, but that isn't even only that isn't even the worst on all those fourth downs. Fourth and you know, six times they tried it. How many more times are you going to run a running back up the middle on fourth? Up the and middle. Nine? <laughs> right. I mean, how many when more times? Up, it's not like you have Derrick Henry, or you know, I know Jamal Williams, he runs hard, but it's not like you have some bruiser, AJ Dillon, you know, with the Packers. Like, stop running up the middle, please. <laughs> I would rather see Jared Goff roll out, like do something Absolutely. different if you're going to go for it. And that's what it's just coming down to. And, you know, there were all the questions when they hired Dan Campbell about if he could be a head coach, you know, mm-hmm. and you give him the year, the first year, because that team last year was just very bad. You know, the roster we've said it, you know, they, they improved the roster a little bit this year, but you have to try and take a step back. Like you can't fix everything in one off season, so maybe we had unrealistic expectations after hard knocks and the draft and everything. But it's just, you know, we kept saying, I think last week or the, or the week before, you're like, you got to give him another year. You you can't get rid of him after two years. This was such a big rebuild after what Patricia did to the team. It's almost like you have to give him that third year to be like, okay, I think, Jared, you said it. It's almost the third year is almost like a put up or shut up. If you're not showing improvement in the third year, then, yeah, you're done. But just all these decisions, it, it – how many times is he going to apologize in the post-game presser? I lost this for the team. I made the bad decision. I did this. You know, don't blame the players. It's on me. It's like, cool, you know, I appreciate your honesty, but please stop making these stupid decisions, you know? Here's, here's I think, the sad reality. Um, we see this team. They're not good. I don't know what would change between this year and next year that would, besides, like, maybe if we are top two or three draft pick, like, get a stud quarterback and just, like, hope that, that maybe that restarts the Campbell cycle, but – I don't know how you looking into your crystal ball. How do you see him keeping his job next year? Right. This team is not going to go 500 next year. Most likely uh, it, it, we had all the positive momentum rolling into this year and it just totally backfired. We're going to have no positive momentum next year. I would guess, unless we finish this year on a tear, which I don't see happening. I seriously think he's a dead man walking, which is sad to say I, I had higher hopes for this regime. The way the NFL works, man, I seriously do think he's, got a numbered amount of days before yeah. well, the comes down as head. I agree with your take on that. Uh I think dead man walking's a pretty good description. He's <laughs> playing for his job. He's playing for yeah. his job this season. I mean he's, if, he's they, playing if they finish for... with two or three wins, he's out, I think. Bring in yeah, a he's... veteran coach with this decent roster at certain positions, 
see what they can do. He's playing for his career or coaching for his career too, because he no one else is going to hire him as a head coach if, no. if this goes keeps going south. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think kind of what you said, Jared. I, I agree. Like if they finish, say they win their last two games, three games, or they finish winning four out of five. And, you know, say like Jamison Williams comes comes back and plays and he's looking like, ooh, this kid's for real. Say Hutchinson picks it up a little bit, you know, down the stretch or, you know, whatever. If they get some of that momentum, have another pretty good draft, you know, draft a couple good guys. that Get a like quarterback. That, right, a quarterback. Uh, maybe then we're back to next year in the same spot we were like, oh, look at this. We're, you know, promising and all that. But where do you guys stand right before we move on to Michigan and Michigan State? Where do you guys stand on the Hutchinson thing? I mean, he's, I get, know, he's getting blasted on Twitter. And again, I like I said last week, I made a point a few times to watch him. He still he gets double teamed a lot. He he seems like he's like just like a bat out of hell running at the quarterback, like out of control. You know, like he gets a ton of pressures. He gets by his blockers a lot, but then he whiffs on the tackles. I think people have to remember he is a rookie. He's still figuring it out. He's got to figure out his moves, you know, maybe stuff like that. But the people already obviously calling for him to be a bust. It's like, let's not go <laughs> way that too early for that. Here, it's like he's you, you nailed it. It's like he's getting this pressure on these quarterbacks, but it's he's a chicken with his head cut off. Right. I, I, it reminds mm-hmm. me of like if you play Madden and you just let the CPU like control these like other like let's say we had Aaron Donald on my team I'm controlling the Los Angeles Rams if the computer controls Aaron Donald like rushing it doesn't matter if the if it's Jared Goff on the other side like you're going to be able to elude him super easily like you can't sprint unless your user controlling somebody so that's kind of what it feels like where it's like yeah he's getting by but unless I user switch into Aiden Hutchinson like you might as well not even be rushing the passer because you're not going to make the tackle it's kind of confusing like zappy just toyed with him today on one play um it's just funny watch Hudson like chase him down he's just like shaking his head as he's running him down (laughs) Uh, how many times are we gonna watch this it just seems so that doesn't seem like something you learn as you go it's just like make the tackle on these guys well it's a he he did the cardinal sin for a a defensive end I mean he let Zappy get outside you know he just was going too fast he totally whiffed and he took the wrong route to the quarterback. I mean, yeah. I think you can make adjustments on that. And I, like I said, I, it's too early to say he's a bust. He is a rookie, you know, put a few more players on that defensive team. I mean, let's look at it this way, guys. Goff's not the long-term answer to quarterback. No. Maybe we were, we were looking in the wrong kind of mirrors last week in the start of the season, but they, if they can be in good position, uh, to draft somebody like uh, Alabama's quarterback or another good quarterback coming out of the draft, I guess they got to look at that as priority number one. But then every other draft choice should be defense, hundred percent. No, yeah. we should be drafting a quarterback. I don't, I don't care how this year wraps up. Right. Just just take a quarterback, man. It's not rocket science. The yep. the best the best franchises do it. If you are hurting, like look at Trevor Lawrence or the Jaguars right now. It's like within a year they've just totally been turned around. They they would beat the Lions on a neutral field probably by two scores. Do you like think there's do you think there's anything to the rumors I was hearing a couple of weeks ago? Isn't uh, Baltimore's quarterback going to be a free agent? Is that he, uh, he or, did name? He did say that uh, the Lions would be on his short list of teams he'd want to go 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 after. I mean, that was I think he was watching Hard Knocks, knocks. that came out. <laughs> I, I think yeah, he I think he was excited about Hard Knocks. You might yeah, be right. I mean, that's the thing. It's like we built. That's why it was so important to just have like some semblance of a good year this year, right? Yeah, because right. people all saw that, and if you just people were really pulling for the Lions, and if you just yeah. kept 
some sort of momentum going. If you beat Seahawks, if you beat Minnesota, even if we lose this week against Patriots, if we lose the next three weeks, like at least we could have had something to build. Off right. of. There's nothing to build. There's nothing right. to attract free agents other than straight cash. I, yeah. I don't know what would bring you here. There's Especially losing to the teams. I mean, the Vikings might end up winning the division, if we're being honest, but losing Probably. to the Seahawks and the Patriots, who were looking like two of the worst teams along with the Lions in the league, that's what, right, to proves your point, Jared. That's what it's like, you know, you can't even beat the teams you're supposed to beat, you know. So, and the the, the flip side of that, unless you guys have more Lions stuff, we got the Spartans over there in, in Spartan Stadium just getting run out of East Lansing by the Buckeyes. And I don't know about you guys, but I, I see a lot of Spartan fans saying, like, they expected to lose. You know, I mean, typical, don't want to take a, don't want to take a shot at our Spartan friends, you know, but, you know, they – when they're high, they're high, and they're going to run their mouths. But when they're low, when they're low, it's you like you know, we expected to lose. We, you know, we didn't think that we'd even compete with them. And even I certain thought, columnists are making that comment that right. oh, we, we weren't losing with Ohio dignity. State. How do you how do you yeah. say you're yeah. losing with dignity when how you dumb give up was 600, that? 614 yards to the Buckeyes, but tripled their yards, tripled their yards, and you know we're not trying to bash on the Spartans. I mean, we we kind of no. took some shots at Mel Tucker. Um, again, I'm going to say the same thing I said last week. I don't know how you can't question how this guy is going to be as a head coach developing because the one thing that they were supposed to be improved at this year was defense because they brought back most of their defense from last year's team. He's a defensive backs coach. He's supposed to be, you know, that's what he's done his whole career. CJ Stroud was just toying with them. I mean, the one pick six was just a complete miscommunication with his receiver, but yeah. Stroud six touchdowns. And I saw something he's got like, in his career against Michigan State, he has 12 touchdown passes and only eight incompletions. Like, I mean, think yeah. about that's insane. You know, so like I saw another stat before you guys jump in. Mel Tucker's been a power five head coach for 22 games. Half of them he's lost by double digits. Oh, and, you know, it, it's like he's just not it, he's getting blown out. And, mm -hmm. you know, he's you think about last year. I think, Jared, you've mentioned that, you know, last year was very lucky for them. They had Kenneth Walker. I think all of their victories were by single digits. Like they weren't blowing teams out. They were getting pretty lucky. So I say all that to say, like, I'm very curious to see how Michigan state ends the season. Obviously against Michigan is the big one, but Super Bowl. I mean, they've got, they've got Wisconsin, you know, they, they still have some tough, tough games, Penn state and you know, Illinois looks improved. So it's like, they might only win three games. They might, they might end up with only three or four wins. And I don't think people, again, we said they're paying Tucker too much money. They're not firing him. But, man, you have to start questioning some stuff. Well, I would question uh, I would question the upper management of the university doling out that $95 million contract in the first place. I mean, you know, I don't blame Tucker. Take it all, huh. all day, all day long. And right. But why would you think you had to lock that guy in for 10 years at $9.5 I just don't even understand that. You, you think he's right. that big of a commodity just coming in with his resume that he had? That just right. blow, blew my mind right from the very beginning. I see people saying, like, that. that's just a going rate for head <laughs> coaches. And it's, like, for proven head coaches, for right. Dabo Sweeney and, you know, Jimbo Fisher and stuff like that. It's, like, this guy wasn't proven. I don't think teams were like lining up to hire him. USC, LSU, that wasn't happening. So hell, he was their second choice, wasn't he? Listen, yeah. <laughs> you are talking about the same administration that wouldn't let their best coach ever. Basically, they they right. kicked him to the curb, man. Like right. you can't forget that. Right. State fans like to ignore it, act like everything and ended so amicably, but it's it's you can't 
disregard what happened to D'Antonio. And and it's like the curse of D'Antonio. Honestly, I hope that we start something like that uh, and it really gains up some traction, you know, <laughs> over the next few years. Uh, all you need to know about Mel Tucker versus Ohio State, 157 to 39 in three games against Ryan Day. You would think yeah. Ryan Day is Nick Saban. You would think Ohio State is Alabama the way that these are writers and the way that Mel Tucker was answering in postgame. Mm-hmm. When asked if improvement from last year's 56-7 loss to Ohio State in Columbus, Tucker responded, that he quote unquote needed to watch the tape. <laughs> so he's even like off like May, hey, maybe we're better than last year. <laughs> right. <laughs> like I said, it's like you would think they're 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 going, it's like you would think this is like a uh a barat like a uh eastern Michigan heading into Michigan Ann Arbor for like a game to you know measure themselves. Well it's right. two Big Ten foes. One that D'Antonio, I feel like he had a winning record against Ohio State or pretty damn close, right around five hundred. Oh, yeah. And he won some big ones against them. I mean Usually what a very competitive in their identity. It's it's embarrassing. Five hundred straight, or excuse me, seven straight games of five hundred plus yards against them. Jeez. What is this team? What if you're a recruit? What is bringing you to the land of East Lansing? I, I couldn't tell you what is intriguing. Is it their prolific offense? I can't say that's a thing. I mean, they have right. a quarterback who was supposed to have this breakout year this year, and he's been he's looked terrible. Uh, this running game, seven yards of of, of rushing. <laughs> This isn't like where D'Antonio would hang his hat on a, you know, you, if you're a stud running back, Le'Veon Bell, uh, you know, all the other ones they had, LJ Scott, come here and we're going to hand it to you 30 times a game and you're right. going to run for, you know, 1,500 yards in a season. And our defense is going to battle their ass off. What is there? There's nothing. The defense nothing. is terrible. The offense is terrible. Their social media presence is embarrassing. The yeah. the fan base is tucked their leg, uh, their tail between their legs, and they're just accepting this. I just don't understand how they've really fallen off. I get that they won a lot of those games by a touchdown last year. But, I mean, I know K-9 was good, but how do you rush for seven yards against Ohio State <laughs> at home? Right. And this, it's, it's a disgrace watching that crowd after it, uh, they oh. panned around the shots. Man, there's no one there, which yeah, I don't no blame. I, I wouldn't be there either. Well, I joke. think the majority of the fans were Ohio State fans. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we've seen that in, in Michigan Ohio State games before, so it's like yeah. you can't totally. No, I know. Um, you know, laugh at that, but it's right. just, it's just, it's embarrassing. I, I love a good Michigan Michigan State matchup. We got it last year. We had it every year with D'Antonio, other than maybe one or two. What is there to root for in this Michigan Michigan State game this year? I was I, I circled the calendar. You know, I took the dates off. October 29th. I'm going to the tailgate. I can't wait. You know, I got buddies going. What? Why do I want to go now? It crossed my mind. Like, why am I even going to this? Yeah. There's gonna be no energy. It's just it's it's sad. Oh, I mean, the, there'll be energy. There there's always going to be. I I get what you're saying, Jared. Yeah. I, there's there's always going to be energy. The energy is Harbaugh hasn't beaten Tucker, so I right. mean he's he's got to pick up a win. Michigan yeah. might be undefeated. They you know they might be still making a run for the playoff. There's all that stuff. And then there's the we remember the game that Shea Patterson basically ended D'Antonio's career when they beat Michigan State, forty nine to seven or thir- whatever that score yes. was. That's what you want when you're seeing Ohio State do what they did to Michigan State. Michigan fans want to do the same thing and just like everything you've said, Jared, push it all aside. Like, who are you guys? What is all this social media stuff? What is all this tuck coming? And what is all this stuff? We're going to beat you 49 to three. And, you know, we're, we're just going to show you that we're still the better program in the state. You know, will it happen? I don't know, because Ted, you've been watching for a hundred years and Michigan has lost many times when they should have beaten Michigan state. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, that the game still has to be played, but I I think you're spot on, Jared. There's no identity. 
at least the the D'Antonio era. I mean, they they had some years in the the '90s where they were pretty good. Saban had a couple good teams, but the the D'Antonio era. I mean, you're spot on. They always had an identity. Either their defense was just dominant, they had a dominant run game, and you could always count on it. Last year, obviously, was Kenneth Walker. They're going to hand it to him 75 times a game, and they're going to win. What do you do? I mean, Thorne to Reed. I guess that's their identity. I just, I guess, I don't (laughs) understand what they're trying to build. Are they trying to become like Ohio State or something with this high flying offense? Right. I mean, believe me, you're not Marvin Harrison Jr., CJ Stroud. They're not walking through uh east lansing anytime soon uh under this current regime unless they really change things around i just don't understand what this identity is i thought that what i was expecting to get was d'antonio jr you know the alabama nick saban coaching tree the the spartan dogs mentality and i i feel like we've been bamboozled a bit where it's not that at all um they got lucky last year i mean we'll see i i know i know i'm not uh dismissing this Michigan State game entirely we know what can happen uh so that's not going to be a surprise if Michigan State does battle us and maybe even beats us I wouldn't I'd be the first one to raise my hand uh and say I saw that coming because I don't know what to make of this Michigan team either uh yeah. through this week through this point in the season it's there's still a lot to be told I mean yeah. we know Coram's a stud he's probably the best Michigan back I've ever seen uh in my lifetime we know that JJ has some electricity to him we know this defense has you know surprised us a bit they seem to be better than what we expected uh, but I don't feel any better about this team heading into uh, this Penn State matchup than I did at the start of the season. I still feel like it's still very unknown what this team is going to be. Yeah, I think similar to what you said about Michigan State, what is Michigan's true identity? I think we all know what Harbaugh is. They're going to run, and, and that's quorum, like you're talking about. But then this week, I mean, I could look it up real quick. I know J.J. threw for over 300 yards and three touchdowns, but they they threw the ball like 35, 38 times. 36, yeah. 36. So it's like, okay, so you got this electric quarterback. So are you going to start to try and, you know, air it out? You still going to hand the ball to Corum 30 times? You know, it's kind of kind of what you're saying about Michigan State. Yeah, like what what exactly is the identity going to be? Or is it going to be game to game? If Corum is just feasting, okay, keep giving him the ball. Right. If the defense is stopping him, all right, JJ, you're going to throw the ball 40 times. Right. You know, maybe that's what it is. And I, I, you're spot on. The defense has been surprising, especially yes. the defensive line. Um, the kid Oki, who came in, you know, kind of right before the season, he's looking like he's the next Ojabo. He's about to get drafted or something. And they've got some other guys, you know, Mike Morris and uh, Mozzie Smith. I mean, the defensive line is very good. So I'm not too worried about the defense just because. I loved last year's defensive coordinator, Mike McDonald, coming from the, the Ravens coaching tree and Minter, Jesse Minter. He, he came basically right from the same coaching tree. Mm-hmm. I'm almost like not worried about the defense. They, they play that bend, don't break. They're going to give up some yards. They're going to give up some third and longs because they play a lot of like man coverage. So some there's going to be some frustrating times. But like they rarely do you see their defense just give up like long touchdown drives or, you know, like – 40 points in a game, you know, the Ohio state game, I'll be curious to see, but I, I'm almost like the defense. I'm almost like, I'm cool with them. Uh, the defense is who they're going to be good. They're going to be solid. It's the offense. I'm just like, I don't want to see. I, we all love when Blake corn runs the ball for 30 times for 200 yards. I don't want to see that. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. want to see JJ. I want to see JJ air it out. And see, I those- disagree, man. I, I love yeah. this. I don't think we beat Ohio state. I mean, you saw Ohio state. Wow. Yeah. Stroud. Oh. I mean, if we get into a, a throwing match with Ohio State, we might as well just leave the players uh, in Ann Arbor and send the bus empty because it's going to be a loss. Yeah. 
I, I, I like the idea of it. I just don't yeah. I think we've kind of realized that McCarthy is not Stroud. We kind of had that thought, you know, he's still young, still got a lot of years, a couple of years to develop. But as of now, I don't think we're going to be able to beat Ohio State or beat a Georgia or an Alabama by throwing the rock. Maybe we can't do it by running, but I know for sure we're not going to lose a game uh, to Indiana, to maybe a Penn State, to Michigan State. If we just keep the ball on the ground, don't turn it over, let Corum, you know, run for 150 plus uh, Edwards, Evansville a little bit. That's the that's the recipe, in my opinion, for this team to have a similar season to last year. How do you guys feel heading into uh, Penn State. Last year, if you remember, it was kind of a big sort of uh, judgment call week last year at Penn State. You know, I think Penn State's maybe a little bit better this year. I think Michigan's maybe a little bit worse, but we do have it at home this year. I, I still think it's like a pick em. I, I could go either way. I don't know. I would say Michigan's going to be favored. Obviously, they will be because it's Michigan, but I, I don't think that at all going into this one. No. Oh, I agree with you. I mean, it's going to be a tough one. And, you know, just before we get into that too much, just back to the Indiana game, uh, you know, the offense did worry me a little bit, but let's remember that Mike Hart went down with that seizure. That definitely messed with definitely a lot of the team, especially the running backs, you know, but I would like to see them be more consistent as far as mixing it up, you know, not run first down, not run second down, pass third down. Be be def, mix it up, run reverses, run flea flickers, whatever it takes. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I'd be more happy that now going in the Penn State game, it's been pretty quiet with James Franklin, and this is a pretty good Penn State team. Uh, Michigan's got to play their A game to beat them. I think, man, yeah. it's it's going to be tough. Luckily, wish- they they've had success at home against James Franklin. I think that's big. If it was at Penn State, you know, right. maybe a different story. I guess to me, it, it's I just feel like with Michigan right now, I'm not saying they're going to win the national title. I feel like at least with the teams on their schedule, if they play their game, they should be good. If they're not getting caught up, kind of like what you said, Jared, if they're not getting caught up, getting outside of their their comfort zone, if they're not turning the ball over, if they, if they play their game, Corum has a good game. J.J. McCarthy does what he has to do. He hits the receivers, you know, all that kind of stuff. I feel like they can beat everyone on their schedule, mm-hmm. you know, until Ohio State. Ohio State will be obviously the big one. So I, I think that's that's the big thing to me. Just play your game. You know, yeah. you, don't have, I, you, know you what? don't have to go outside, you know, what you do. Just play your game. And, and now that you say that, tell me you guys can't see this being our downfall against an Ohio State or Penn State or Michigan State or whoever something about these offensive coordinators is worrisome to me. The mm-hmm, fact that yeah. there's no clear one <laughs> offensive coordinator. I mean, there's a reason Saban's not doing this. There's a reason Belichick's not doing this. You've never seen two offensive coordinators, or if you have, it's very, 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 very rare. Uh, I worry that about them, you know, kind of getting too caught up in a game, caught up in McCarthy, the the wide receivers we have, where all of a sudden you look at like a box score in the third quarter, Corum has two carries, Edwards has four carries or whatever, and right. we've thrown the ball 30 times. Uh, and we just could totally forget our, our identity. I feel like as long as we don't do that, as long as we still stay committed to the run, I don't think Ohio State's going to be able to stop our run. I don't see Penn State stopping our run. No Big Ten team is going to be able to stop our run consistently, right. I don't think. So Indiana did for a while. Indiana yeah. did for a while. Yeah, they did, I guess. But you also have, you know, Quorum breaking off 50 yarders. And uh, I mean, yeah, he had the one good run. I'm not saying that. we can totally just 100% rely on the run. Obviously, we still need McCarthy, but it just it has to be the same sort of setup like what we had last year with Cade play action yeah. pass. Right. You know, first down throw yeah. to mix it up every now and again. But don't forget, like, what got you here. And that yeah. is the offensive line, and that's a running game. And that's what I with that. Defense. Yeah, I think that's kind of what you said, Ted. Like, you know, you got to mix it up a little bit. They're yeah. in the first half against Indiana, it seemed like they were just. They were kind of like what you're saying, Jared. 
Let's just rely on Corum. Let's just yep. hand him the ball. Let's just have him ride it out. And Indiana was blitzing like seven guys. They were like, no, you're not doing that. Second half, they said, all right, we got to throw a little bit here. We got to, you know, let JJ cook as people are yeah. saying. And, you know, obviously it worked out very well. They, they basically shut Indiana completely down in the second half. Right. So I, I, yeah, I have a bit of a hot take. Uh, it's not totally against what we're talking about with Michigan. Um, it just kind of dawned on me when I realized Joel Klatt and Gus Johnson have called the last four straight <laughs> Michigan games, which they must be like swearing under their breath when they're put, right. when they're about to put on that headset for the fourth straight week uh, for a Michigan game. None of them have been good games. None right. of them. Um, this season has been very disappointing just in college football in general. I, I don't know how you guys feel. I mean, just look at this. It's not only Gus and Joel that have felt this. I mean, Kirby and Fowler, who called the best games every week. I mean, look at what the, the games they have called this year. Notre Dame versus Ohio State week one, that really kind of ended up not being a super great game. USC versus Stanford, who even really cared about that one? Miami a and I, I don't think a single person watched that game outside of Miami <laughs> or outside of Texas. Wisconsin versus Ohio State, blowout from the start. NC State versus Clemson, just an ACC matchup nobody could really give two shits about. And then last week, Ohio State versus Michigan State. What is there to like remember about this season so far? It was the Kansas, yeah. I think, was maybe the best story they that lost. A good story. And that's almost a magic's kind of worn off on that one. Yeah. App, um, App State for a couple weeks. The App State thing for a couple weeks. Yeah, the game day was awesome. Uh, yeah. I, I just, it's just been a really depressing year. I, I don't know why that is. I think maybe if Texas had beat Alabama, right. I wouldn't be feeling that way. It would be a little bit more of a shakeup, but it's just, I don't know what, what do you remember from this year? I mean, a, a decent story. Yeah, a decent story that no one really cares about. But the two teams coming to the Big Ten, USC and UCLA, they're both undefeated, you know, and that hasn't happened in a while. But they're they're out there on the West Coast, so no yeah. one over here really cares much about that. It has mostly been same old, same old. I mean, it's, yeah. it's Ohio State, it's Clemson, it's Georgia, it's Alabama. And Georgia has stumbled a little bit. Alabama even has struggled a little bit, but they're still just winning their games. So... Yeah, you got to hope for some upsets. You got to hope Mississippi State pulls an upset or Ole Miss pulls an upset or Auburn in the Iron Bowl pulls an upset because otherwise we're going to be back with the same four teams. You hope Michigan, you know, slips in there. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll see. Maybe USC. Maybe USC ends up making a run and they they slip into the playoff. That'd be exciting to see. But we'll see once Michigan really gets into the heart of their schedule, even this Michigan season, it's like we had the JJ McCarthy booth boost that almost yeah. seems to have already kind of like became like, we don't even really care that much. He's just who he's our quarterback now. Right. Uh, that kind of got us through the first few weeks, but these last few weeks just been a slog. Yeah. I definitely think if, if McNamara hadn't got hurt, uh, JJ's playing fine. I don't think he would have lost the job, but you know, there might've been that little bit of drama. Like yeah. if, Mac, if McNamara was over there on the sidelines, like watching, right. You know, there might have been that, like, oh, are they going to bring him in? You know, what's mm-hmm. going on? He got hurt, so now it's just like, it's, no, oh, it's JJ's team, whatever. Fair, fair point, Jared. I guess I would just say, being the guy that's watched this forever, November's around the corner. I yeah. think, you know, we get to November, we're going to see some of these matchups and some of these better games, I think, that mean something, and, and we'll be back on board. But I, I agree with you. I mean, I'm tuned in every week for Michigan. I'll watch Michigan State, though, I don't. Don't intently watch it, but there hasn't been any other, you know, other region games that I've really said, man, I got to sit down and watch this game. I got other stuff I'm doing, you know, and I just catch up on uh, the football final there on ESPN, get all the football that I need. That's the way to do it. There's been some good SEC games. I'm not going to be biased down here, but there's been some good SEC games. Yeah. Well, Tennessee, that's a big story, right? It's a big story. Yeah, they're good. 
Yeah, you're Ole right. Miss, I mean, Ole Miss probably, is looking good. Yeah. Kentucky did a, lose this week, but it's been a slow start to the season. I I hope it ends, you know, with some fireworks, which I think it will. Especially like I said, Tennessee coming down the stretch is kind of a third uh, giant in the SEC. See how that plays out. But I, it's just so to this point. Yeah, it's been an underwhelming season. Yes. Yep. Ag- agreed. Well, something that's not underwhelming is some of the stuff in entertainment, and uh, we'll have a little entertainment special coming up right after this. AZ Printing Solutions, formerly Hankard Sportswear, is a full-service print shop that specializes in screen printing, digital printing, and embroidery. They pride themselves on giving a great product at a great value. The area's go-to printing solution offers a 100% guarantee to exceed your expectations. AZ Printing Solutions has your favorite local spirit wear as well as many other apparel items in stock. Specialty items are available for family, sports, business, and charity events. Call 989-725-2979 or step into the store in downtown Owasso. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. All right, so usually Tedertainment tonight, I mean, Ted, you probably you probably do that down below. You're looking at your notes. You probably got about nine things you've been watching. I got we bullet done, points. Yes, I do. We haven't do. done Tedertainment tonight in a couple weeks, but I just right. want to mention a few things that we've been watching. So a few weeks ago, you mentioned a, a documentary or a show that you watched about a whole artificial fertilization sperm bake situation going on. But there's a, a documentary on Netflix, Our Father, that I would recommend. It's It's interesting. It's kind of a little scary, a little dark, a little twisted. Um, basically, I'll give you the gist, not to, um, spoiler alert, it's been out for a little while. So a doctor in Indiana, I mean, the, the story, obviously, this happened like 20 years ago, so the story's out there. But yeah. a doctor in Indiana, he's the one that would perform the fertilizations for women who had to come in, you know, and they were having trouble getting pregnant. And it was a sperm bank, so they had donors. He ended up using his own sperm often daily and multiple times a day and come to find out i i forget the number off the top of my head it's pushing 100 he has over 100 kids and a, a couple a couple of the kids you know took this you know got started taking this very seriously yeah. and you know wanted to press charges and do all this stuff you know 23 and me and all these services come out where you can see your roots and find your you know um you know your lineage and all that kind of stuff and they started getting all these matches, all these matches, all these matches. And a lot of them are in the, like the same county or the same area. So it starts getting a little scary for them because they're like, you know, they, they have all these half siblings. Am I married to my half sibling? You know, did I date my half sister, you know, in high school? You know, there's all this kind of stuff. And you worry That's about stuff, incest man. and everything. And the, the weird part about it all is it came off like the doctor because they did end up meeting him face to face, like 15 of the kids met him face to face came off like he didn't care it came off like he was doing this as like a um like a social experiment (laughs) he was doing it it came off like because so when they met him he started asking like what do you do for a job what do you do for a job he was almost like testing like who did i win with 
ooh, I, I matched you with this one because you are like a, a doctor or something. It was just super creepy. And to hear that you had a, a similar show that you watched and apparently like I, I looked it up, this is not an uncommon thing. You know, nowadays, obviously, yes, they, they track this stuff a little more. But back in the day, doctors used to do this all the time. If they yeah. performed these operations, there was some sick stuff going on. They probably had some sexual pleasure involved and they would yeah. just do this stuff. And it's like, how how can people do this and think it's OK? And along those same lines where my wife and I were also watching the Dahmer show on Netflix. <laughs> how can people do this kind of stuff? And um, just to close my portion up. uh I would recommend it because it is very well done. The actor playing Dahmer is incredible. I read that he had to decompress after they filmed the show because he was like, I, I feel like sick. I have to get away. The show is creepy. If you know the story of Dahmer, it's very creepy. So it does. It makes sense. Uh, my wife is only half watching it because she is, she's creeped out by it. So, but if you can handle that stuff, which I know Ted, you can, um, it's a it's a very good show to watch. It's Evan Peters uh, as the actor. Yeah, He's been in a lot yeah. of stuff. American uh, Horror Story, yeah. Never Back uh, Never Back Down. He's actually a comedic actor in that movie, which is a movie I used to watch when I was a little kid. I don't understand these these shows. I never have. I, we it's a true Ted, story. You got <laughs> Ted. You will sit there and shit on you know Call of Duty as you know rotting kids' brains. This is on Netflix <laughs> for your grant your grandchildren to watch at the palm of their hands, man. This is no the type way. of weird stuff that we watch nowadays. What, why do we have to? Why is this even a show, Matt? You can maybe explain or defend it. I, what do I need to relive the Dahmer uh, tr like trilogy for? He's a weirdo, man. He, I, I, I don't get this serial killer thing. It's everyone. It's it's not just you guys. Everybody. There's a reason it's so popular. It's a reason it's got big name actor Evan Peters as the lead. What is the appeal to this stuff? I've never gotten into Law and Order. Never gotten into you know SVSU or right. SVU or whatever it is. Yeah. I've never understood these things. Please explain it to me, Ted. You love it too, so you can. I'll help say, well. I'll say real quick because I already gave my spiel before Ted. That's I like right. the obviously what goes on is pretty sick. Obviously, you know that stuff. It is. It is. I keep saying creepy. <laughs> it's creepy. Um, it's the psychological part. I think the the like what happened to make this person so sick and how did they get away with it for so long? And, you know, especially the ones that happened in the 60s, 70s, 80s, you know, it's interesting to see like the, um, the FBI, how they handled it, police, how they, you know, investigated. I like all that background. I think the background stuff is very interesting. You know, what, what made this person so sick, you know, all that kind of stuff. Matt, that's right on. That is yeah. the whole appeal to the, to people that like, watch i say like i mean right. but it's 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 a weird word to use but i'm into it i mean my yeah. wife and i both and my wife is one of the most meek women in the world but why do you think dateline's been on for like 20 years uh, 48 I... hours has been on for 20 years i mean 2020 started off doing different pieces and once once they came across the the murders it's the whole backstory and how why do right. people do this and it's just, it's a sociology, I can't say the word, it, it, but it's just how people operate. How do they think? Right. How, how do their minds go? And it's these, these big time serial killers, those are the ones that are, to me, the most fascinating, like the right. Dahmers, like uh, the John Wayne Gacy's, you know, like Ted Bundy, yeah. Yeah. infamous, you know, because first of all, they get away with it, a lot of it. And then how do they do this? How do they plot this and do it for so long? It's just... It's unreal. Yeah, I, 
I mean, yes, you are. I am curious about it. I don't need to do more than read a little Wikipedia thing on Dahmer. <laughs> the guy was a nut. There ain't yeah. really, there's yeah. nothing else to it. There's no event. He's just a nut. And yeah. I don't need to see him drilling into somebody's head and pouring acid into it to, to yeah. know that. Um, Calling him yeah, a nut. That's saying it lightly. I just, I know what I know. The guy. You know what, Jared? It's that's fair, man. We all like what we like, and I, I can see your point of view too. You know, you know these people nowadays that it's just like a thin red line politically. You know, either got to believe this or you got to believe that. I'm one of these guys, and I think all three of us are pretty, pretty clear headed. If you got an opinion on something like that, that's okay. Right. I'm not going to try and make you watch this stuff, but like I guess I know, I mean, it's, it's all over the news. It's all over social media. It's all over Netflix. I know yeah. I'm in the minority, but there is no bone in my body that wants to turn that on and watch it. Yeah. One, I'd be too scared to probably watch it by myself too. I just don't, <laughs> That's like, number I don't one. want the feeling of uneasiness the rest of the night, you know, <laughs> while I'm trying to watch Sunday night football. I just don't get it. <laughs> really you'd rather watch. You'd rather watch. Dead. Yeah. 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 Know that he's not around anymore. Yeah. You'd, You'd rather watch documentaries like the Redeem Team, the one yes, that came out. Exactly. Which, I haven't got to yet, but me neither. But I, you know, I was th- I thought about that today, Matt. You know, we've had that discussion before about the Redeem Team or the Dream Team. Let me let me look at it this way: Who would beat who? Right? Probably the uh, Redeem Team would beat the Dream Team if if I'm being completely honest at that stage of their careers. Right. But I would hedge my bet if I said you took the prime right. Dream Team against the same prime redeem team then i don't i don't agree i think the i think the dream team yeah. would be better is that a I fair think that statement or it. is that on the fence yeah no i i think if you did the prime and the prime i think it's almost a flip of the coin mm-hmm. but right i think a lot of people forget that larry bird magic johnson um a couple other guys they were a little past their prime mj Indeed. barkley you know some of those guys were in their prime so you mm-hmm. know they, they, they were good to me it's all we've had this discussion it's all about Today's players are just so much better. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know how else to say it. And I know Ted, you don't agree. The old school guys don't agree, but like, I just think overall, like they would run them off the floor. They would. Just yeah, but the redeem team the- wasn't that far removed from the dream team era. Yeah. Like I can't. Years, in a, I will you know? say twenty yeah, years was it? I can't. In a strong, yeah, I can't say that the like. Like you said, both were in their prime. I, I can't say that the right. the redeem team would beat them. I don't know. I, I'm not a smart enough good basketball game. mind. Yeah, especially when you got Jordan, man, he's almost like all bets are off. Maybe they still would beat him, even if they're not in their prime with Jordan. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but the Redeem team, man, this doc, I haven't started it yet. Just dropped uh, like I think on Friday night it came yeah. out. I'm intrigued, man. It's it, it's 10 parts, which makes me think that it's going to be a little bit bloated. You know, I don't think we need I don't think yeah. we need 10 part on right. a two team that was around for like a month. I don't think we need 10 parts on it. I mean, we had 10 parts on Michael Jordan's entire career. So mm-hmm, that's right. a good little thing to base it off of. But I'm excited. I think there's going to be a lot of cool like behind the scenes type stuff. I mean, that gener- that was right when iPhones were kind of starting to come around, video cameras, a lot more stuff is kind of recorded uh, at that point than if we had a documentary about, you know, the dream team. So I'm excited to see, you know, yeah. some of the behind the scenes stuff. Uh, so I can't wait to see our review on that in a couple of weeks. I'll have one next week for us at least. Uh, one show that is I'm up to date on Ted. You are not Matt. You have sworn off of Game of Thrones in general, so yeah. I know you're probably never going to yeah, watch he's it. Not, he's not watching. Also, it. the Dragon. Um, it's a great show. Great, great, great show. Just started watching it a couple of days ago. Call all the way up, uh, wow. basically to tonight's episode. I think it might be better than Game of Thrones. Um, one, look at the budget. I mean, you just compare it to what the budget was for like Game of Thrones when it first came out. Nowhere near. I mean, 200 million was put into this this season of this show. 
Uh, and, you know, I could say maybe Game of Thrones is maybe better as a whole. But if you take season one of Game of Thrones and season one of House of Dragons, it's not even close. House of the Dragon almost picks up as if it was like season five of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the thing that's cool about this show is Game of Thrones is all over the Seven Kingdoms, all these different stories, all these different people. This is just all in on the Targaryen uh dragon family basically as they are known in the show which is daenerys is what she was uh she was a tardic targaryen in the original game of thrones the acting in the show is great the the amount of dragons in the show is incredible and there's 17 different ones uh ted i know you've seen the first few episodes i mean damon targaryen played by matt smith just jumps off the screen oh he's good he's good he's great the king's a great actor too as well Mm -hmm. patty considine i found his name yeah, uh, but it's, it's got all the stuff you love about Game of Thrones, uh, but it's not all over the map. You feel like you really know these characters in this show uh, because it just sticks with this one family. You know, there's all the great dialogue, the politicking and the battles, of course. Uh, it, it's just a great show and I'm loving it every second of it. Ted, I can't believe you stopped her for three episodes. I don't know how you didn't keep rolling. Well, there's, you know, there's a lot on my plate, but I, I agree <laughs> with I'll catch up to it probably in the next couple of days. It is really good. And I'll just. You you said enough about it. I'll just add that what I always say: it's HBO, so I mean, yeah, right. it's 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 good. You <laughs> yeah. know, that's all there is to it. Um, my segment, I I got a couple things. I usually normally would bring it up in the catch up portion of the program, but I continue my YOLO tour and uh, went down to Little Caesars last week and saw The Who with two of the original members, um, you know, Pete Townsend and Roger Daltrey. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how many more dinosaur shows I'll attend to tell you the truth. Oh, you know, we got tickets. They're a hundred buck tickets, but they were up, up high, decent seats, but not great, but it's a hundred bucks. And, yeah. you know, if I want to go see live music and, and these guys are definitely up there in age and they had a few technical problems at Little Caesars. I mean, Daltrey's microphone, he had some issues with it for a couple songs and Townsend, who who is legally deaf, he had an issue oh, wow. with his he had his headphone thingies in, you know, and he was running through the Bluetooth on his iPhone and he just, he was having problems with that. And, but, it, but on the plus side, they played all their hits. I was going to say, <laughs> no, that was the negative. That was the negative. You know, I was really looking forward to seeing them. They had a full orchestra with them. They played a whole complete first set with the orchestra back in them, which was fantastic. Then in the middle, they, they sent the orchestra away, and then they had their band play. And their drummer, by the way, their, their drummer from before was Keith Moon, one of the best rock drummers ever. Well, the guy that's the drummer now is Ringo Starr's son, Zach nice. Starkey. And this guy is the real deal, man. I can't tell you, when we were watching the band, we, we were focused on the drummer. I don't know about you guys. I really think a drummer does drive a good rock band but anyway the band played in the middle section and then the the orchestra came back out at the end they finished up with baba o'reilly with the big violin uh you know virtuoso and it was it was tremendous for it's the only show i've ever been to though with a big time concert uh with no you know uh what is what is that song most prominently known for uh, some television show i'm guessing joey chestnuts entry music oh it Uh is it's incredible, man. It's a great song. song. Just for that reason. It's it is a, a great, great song. song, man. And they played it well. But uh, overall, you know, overall on a three-point scale, I would say it was probably uh, 2.2. You know, with the technical difficulties right. and, you know, the vocals were a little off at times. But it was still a good show. And, and I'll share this with you guys. You know, you go to a concert and you kind of make friends with your seatmates next to you, you know. And 
these two ladies came in and sat down and this one older lady was sitting right next to me and she's going, will you, will you video this one song for me? I don't think I can handle it. And I says, I said, sure, I'll, I'll do it. And so like the second song in, you know, she hands me her iPhone and I'm holding it up there, you know, going, Jesus. So I'm, I'm holding it up there, videoing it for her. And then I give it back to her after the song. And now it sounds like hell, man. I, well, I was I was a little annoyed, right? So anybody, any that anybody out there that's a Howard Stern fan, she sounded just like Tanmon, one of his uh one of his whack packers. But anyway, about three songs later, she nudges me to to hand me her phone to video record, you know. And I said, Listen, you can handle it, babe. And I just I turned away. <laughs> ignored her the rest of the time God, man this sounds i'm sorry i got i'm you know i, I was all in on your yolo yolo like, uh, life journey but this sounds like hell this might have scared you back into your uh house for the next few weekends man. yeah no well, I, you just gotta you gotta stick to the shy town shows that are a little yes. more in, a little more intimate you know you know floor seats basically yeah everyone seven bucks does. to get in you know right. and we had free tickets i'm just, I'm just so. i get a picture of you like you're probably so you i i know how you probably operate you're probably so excited to see who you're gonna be sitting next to the fact that you're already going into this older bands like concert you're probably just hoping that there's like some young fellers like next to you just to kind of liven it up a little bit you sit yeah. down and you see two 80 year olds next to you man it probably <laughs> took the wind right out of your sails well, not quite right that old but the one and they were annoying because I'll, I'll tell you this there was two women came together and uh, i went with my brother-in-law joe smith and he got up to go to the bathroom or something she she, she was trying to wave him down to to buy her a beer I mean, oh, come on, God, get out of here, right? right? Leave us alone. But anyway, uh, the opening act was pretty good. It was uh, uh, a guy called Stephen Page, and he was one of the founders of the Bare Naked Ladies, and he was playing yep. some Bare Naked Lady songs real good. Nice. So that, cool. that was good. Overall, the night was decent. Um, I will I will finish up on music, just a music review here. I, I watched a, a documentary on Showtime called Nothing Compares, and it was about Sinead O'Connor. Uh-huh. Do either one of you guys know who she is? Yeah, yeah, she sang that song, and Prince wrote it. And, Prince um, wrote it, yep. And then she became very controversial because she was right. on Saturday Night Live and ripped up a picture of the Pope, right? Yeah. Well, this documentary was absolutely fantastic. It painted the whole picture of her rise through the career. She was an Irish singer, you know, kind of like Bono of of U two, and she got abused as a kid, you know, and it had something to do with the Catholic Church, and you got the whole background about what she was all about i would highly recommend if you're a music fan especially from that era it's on showtime shanada shanada what was the one prince song she sang nothing Nothing compares compares to you yeah the one that made her famous Yeah. yeah that's a great song it is so I watched that, and then I did watch one more music documentary. Just watched it last night. I was flipping through Netflix, and uh, the ZZ Top documentary was really good. Nice. So, so that's my entertainment contribution here tonight. Nice, love it. Yes, but I'm gonna gotta love those shark. music docs. You know, yep. once you once you get to Dahmer, I'll be curious to hear your review. <laughs> like these untold documentaries, they keep shelling out like the sports ones. Ted's like on the feeder system for these music ones. They just, they recreate them, different bands, same sort of shell and just re re keep re uh, uploading them. And Ted's eating them up. Well, it you know, funny, you guys like are... you see Dahmer, like you, you mentioned Jared Dahmer's every, everyone's talking about social media. Everyone's talking about this show. Mm-hmm. If, so that's on Netflix. If you hop on Hulu, there's like three different versions of the show, you know, like they put it on the home screen. Cause you know, they know everyone's talking about it. So let's put this stuff in everyone's face. Yeah. 
and it is kind of like just different versions, you know, different <laughs> actors, maybe a different spin, yeah. you know, stuff like that. But what? Like, this has... is the one to watch with with the lead actor and all that. This is the one to watch. Hulu has a couple that they're they're putting up there, trying to get people sucked in, thinking it's the one that everybody's talking about. That's pretty good marketing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think everyone knows the one everyone's talking about is the one on Netflix. Because I mean, it's of... pretty formulaic how they do it, man. Oh, get right. a, like we saw it with Bundy. Oh, get a star actor, Zac Efron, and put him in this series. And well, and then next thing one. you know, I mean, who's the next? Who's who's uh, Wayne, Wayne Gacy? He'll be the next yep. one. It'll be played by I don't know whoever looks like him. Jim Belushi. Seth Rogen. There you go, <laughs> Seth Rogen. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right, guys. Well, I think we made it through the podcast. This has been presented by Memorial Healthcare. Check out the walk-in sports injury clinic every Monday through mid-October at the new Now Community Wellness Center. Cold weather's here, so get healthy. Consider a membership at the Wellness Center. Also, Sky Mint Cannabis, Michigan's leader in the industry with many convenient locations throughout Michigan. Use that coupon code at the Corona store. That's 3.20, 20% off your first purchase. And check out the Sky Mint Reserve. In other words, the good stuff. Also, follow us at 3.pod. Spread the word. I mean, you know, we've been growing. we got a lot of good, positive response lately, especially with our interview with uh, John Webb, the head coach of Duran. A lot of people like that, tuned in. That was it was good to get the feedback, wasn't it? No, it's always good to get the feedback that people listen and appreciate the, just being honest, appreciate the effort that we put yeah. into this. We, we have fun with it, but it's always cool to get that feedback. But when people share away, you know, you know, if you listen and you think someone might like it, share away, you know, yeah. You, you know, yeah, put it on your Facebook, you know, all that kind of stuff. Keep we it growing, it. baby. Our part, I know our partners in, uh, uh, definitely approve of that. And they include AZ Printing Solutions, Capital Sports Fieldhouse, Pro Real Estate and Auction, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, and Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. Special thanks to high school playoff guru Snooze. You can follow him at Snooze to You. And uh, this episode of Three Point Podcast was recorded at StreamYard.com. I was talking a little earlier about concerts. Shy Town, big show coming up at the Twisted Bull in Grand Rapids, October 22nd. That's one of both your boys' stomping grounds up there in GR. So if you're in the area, go check out Chi-Town. Also, our Castle Game of the Week this week, Ionia at St. John's. It's Hall of Fame night over there in the Mid-City. So if you get a chance, check that out. And then also, definitely check us out. Until next week, so long, everybody. Peace and love, be kind, and thanks for listening. Hey, gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan chapter, serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease, and every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org. Three Point Podcast is a Sportsnet Michigan Three Point Podcast production. Subscribe and share on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of your favorite podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to Three Point Pod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.